Welcome to the Spark Podcast, a realm where music, art, wellness, and spirituality converge to ignite the light within. As lovers of these realms and passionate advocates for life's diverse experiences, we, Heather Hellman, Monica Burns, and Celine Brathwaite, are guided by our twin flame connection and the power of the big three. Our life experiences fuel our journey, and we use the wisdom of our own life's experience and the power of tarot to navigate and inspire others through life lessons and journeys. Join us as we share our immersive world, kindle personal growth, and invite you to become a part of this transformative voyage. Welcome aboard. We're here to spark the light within you. Hi, welcome back to the Spark Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Hellman, here with my co-hosts, Monica Burns and Celine Bratwave. And we are here celebrating our first episode as the Fool, representative of the tarot and very much us three crazy ladies who have this awesome alignment and the universe pulling us together in our serial entrepreneur ways. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Hello, queen. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to get started. So, girls, what's going on? What's new? Tell me something good. Oh, my gosh, Heather. I have birthday awesomeness coming up. And so I'm very much looking forward to it. It's kind of kicked off. I have a big thing happening on Saturday with a lot of great friends flying in. Right now I'm recording from Mexico, which is super exciting. And I have friends flying in for it. So I'm really, really excited for the festivities to begin. So yay, yay. Well, you are looking just like you are ready. Our Scorpio queen, she is, we're excited. Um, Mexico, what energy, what a great place. One of my favorites, although Miss Monica has recently informed me that Tulum is on her detour list for a while. (laughs) I'm so sad to hear, but um, I I can understand. Is there anything fun you can share with us that you're going to be doing? Are you going to be taking in any good music while you're out there since that is kind of the scene? Was that, sorry, Heather, was that for me or Monica? That was for you. That's Monica's boycotting Tulum for (laughs) right now. Well, there's there's a whole bunch of awesomeness happening. Let's see. I feel like I screenshotted it. But anyhow, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening in Tulum, literally starting today. I mean, Tulum's always on, right? But there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then there's some sort of like underground rave happening in Isla Mujeres that my girlfriend told me about. So yes, yes for music and all the awesomeness. I'll keep you guys posted. I love that. Yes. All right. So Monica, I gave you trouble about this, but if you had to pick yes. Loom, where's your favorite spot? If you, if I forced you to go down there with me right now, where would we go? Uh, okay. So I have two places that hold special places in my heart. One is Itano. Uh, I had so much fun there the first time I was in Tulum. I actually got a tattoo of it on my arm. Um, And it's just so full circle because now I'm throwing a monthly party at the Gitano in Miami. Um, Heather, I know you're going to be there during Art Basel. So super excited for that. So that would be my number one. Um, That was my first Tulum trip, kind of my first taste into the jungle magic that is Tulum. Um, And I would say my second pick would be Papaya Playa Project. That's where I spent New Year's 2018, and it was absolutely magical. Um, Probably my my best Tulum memory is on the beach there, bringing in New Year's with one of my best friends, my very first Tulum trip. So, yes, I've had had a good run there. (laughs) I can tell you Tulum is why me and Celine hit it off in the first place. It started over a conversation because of Papaya Playa, because Sundream was first kicked off there. And that's where Rufus the Soul made me fall in love and started me on this passion project of mine with building these festivals and events and creating this safe space that I'm working towards with music, art, spirituality, and community. So it's kind of, Tulum is an interesting um, mecca to me. And I love that it's like kind of how we all 
sync. Like Monica lived so much life there and I'm getting ready to go. Like, I wish I was joining Celine right now. Sadly, duty called back here in the States. So I had to be, but don't, don't you doubt for a second, I'm dragging you down there at least for the two weeks when I'm <laughs> of the year. Like I will be seeing Celine in my journey while I am there. So get ready, queen. We will post celebrate the Scorpio and just, yeah, we'll just keep it going. Yes. Keep it going. The Scorpio season glow. That's after Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't yes. wait for you guys to come over here whenever that happens. And I do, Papaya Project's such a great venue. Like, it's still kicking. It's still bumping. And I feel like you don't know Tulum unless you know Papaya Project. And Ness, Heather, thank you for looping me back there. I forgot how we actually connected. So thanks for that reminder. And I, and I think we actually said that in our conversation. Like, if you don't know Papaya Project... You don't know Tulum, like you haven't been, right. and you're not really connected right. in any of the art, music, community scenes there. Correct, right? Correct, because it's kind of the mecca, and then it points you in the direction of like all the other things of interest. And once you find a music or an artist style there that you're like, whoa, it you follow that train, and it takes you into the midst of the jungle, and the next thing you know, you're like some spiritual yuppie in the cenotes going, I've just lived my life. And people are like, what are you doing? Um, living. <laughs> so yeah, it's cool. That transformation happens like night one in Tulum. You're already coming back a different person. <laughs> no matter what, like I, I remember my, like, so I'll start here with my very first adventure to Tulum was I was with a group of people that so I'm 41 now so that'll tell you how my don't it hasn't been long since I've started my journey and travels there and I had said and made a point like a group of my friends were like what are we doing for your 40th this is like in November the year like before my birthday because we knew we were wanted to travel somewhere so that was like a reason for having such an early conversation my birthday's in June everyone's like what do we want to do and I said well here's my search uh, being the Rufus the Soul lover that I am, the serial entrepreneur that I am, that I can work anywhere and be anywhere, I said, I would like to travel to see Rufus the Soul somewhere super cool because they were just getting ready to launch their like big tour around the world or I want to go to Tulum. And I don't know how, but the manifest generator that I believe to be, I am within three days of me having this big group text conversation, we get an announcement that the Sun Dream event is happening, which is basically Rufus the Soul's own music festival. And I was like, and it was a no brainer. So 15 of my best, closest friends and Rufus people and people that I know throughout the world were like, see you in Tulum, you know? And it was a 10 day just, full send of life and love and connection and experiences I never hoped or dreamed I could have. Mm -hmm. And I came back from that an entirely different person. Like my glow stick energy was just like, I felt like I was radiating for months and I felt that because everything in that year that happened, like I was going into that at the lowest energy of my life. The guy that I had been seeing had broke up with me two weeks before we were supposed to go. And he was like, this is a person who literally looked at me and said, I don't love you. You're too much. And I'm not even attracted to you. And I was like, and I was reeling from this. Like my friends were sincerely like, are you going to be okay? And I was like, I don't know. And we had spring crossed that happened the weekend right before we were getting ready to go to this. And I'm fortunate that my friends here that are a big part of the music world were like, get your booty to spring crossed. Don't lick your wounds. We're going. I like, and I'm glad they did because it was like this, like perfect little, like boop, 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 boop of elevation. And I remember I landed in Tulum. Well, I landed in Cancun airport and it's a two hour ride. And I had been so freaking wiped because I hadn't gone to bed because I had just crossed. And so I'm asleep and I don't know how, but the energy as we turned down this road, I woke up. And I was ready. Like I immediately, like my best friend was already there and she's like, are you here? What's going on? And I was like, yeah, I think we'll just keep it a chill night. Well, 
as as Tulum and you girls know, that was it was so much energy and so much magnetism and electricity. The second I got there from like just even pulling up, I'm like, okay, let's get out of this car. Let's go, go. Like, let's just go walk up and down the streets. Let's go find something and be a part of it. And we did. And that was kind of the key for the entire trip. It was just, it was truly magical. I'm so grateful to all the humans that attended that. It was so beautiful that people did something so magical for me and came together like that and gave me truly like this stepping stone into 40 that just like made that entire year truly like there's nothing that will ever be all of the top what I did celebrating like the six months of turning 40 it felt like and I'm like and then this year when everyone's like what do you want to do for your birthday I was like grab a burger yeah (laughs) (laughs) that that catch a sunset like I'm good not acknowledge it well it's fine we partied for the next what stands out for me is that cab ride that you took into Tulum and you're exhausted, rightfully so, and then how you just woke up. I mean, I think it would be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to the Mayans in, in Mexico along the Yucatan and how powerful she is. I know a huge part yeah. of our conversations can certainly leap into spirituality. And I think, you know, it's just a shout out that we need to give what happens, you know, here. I'm, I'm recording from Mexico and you can just feel the energy and the electricity yeah. so alive. And it's said here among the locals that she will either embrace you, which is what it sounds like happened to you, or spit you out. And and you got to, you know, continue doing the work elsewhere. Yeah. Um, And so I think it's just so magical. Certainly, yes, the people and the events that certainly elevated your experience. But I think the Mayans and and what's magical here about her does so much for people. And that's just what it is that's so great here. I don't think a lot of people recognize that. I don't think they do either. And I came back fully different. Um, Like my spiritual journey has taken like the last 10 years to really fully unfold before all of a sudden it was just like beam. and I truly like tracing back in my journaling tracing back and just looking at the footsteps of my life and where I was in this like full awakening full alignment and like right. I it really because I had done aura readings I had done stuff like I had stepped into spirituality I had never taken that leap into like believing fully how this universe like truly magnetizes us and connects us to things and like the power that I wield that we all wield that if we use it in the direction for which we we seek um, that it usually connects us to where we're going. And it was in Tulum that I fully recognized that because I was looking at how unique the situation was that I met all of these, like half of the people that were there, I had met because I met them at Rufus Sissel shows. And which is funny because when you sidebar over to the reason why I know Monica Burns is because I met her at the second sun dream in another part of Mexico the following year, because now to not go to sun dream for me would almost seem just like, I I can't imagine not going because I've been there since the beginning and the birth of it. Yeah. Um, I realize that that's your love story, ladies. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's it's, a, how- it's such. I it's- love Heather how you said Rufus people. I was like, yep. It's literally like the Rufus people who go on their pilgrimage. To <laughs> I always, I always joke with my parents who like don't get how I'm like literally flying across the country to go see Rufus. I'm at Red Rocks now. I'm in Mexico, like six Mexico. months within each other to just to see them and I'm like you guys this is like your mm, like Pink Floyd Guns and Roses like I would literally pack up my life and get in a van just to follow, just Rufus, to follow, follow Rufus around 100%. and now two of them live in Miami so I swear that's like manifested I literally one lives live. right up the street from me so yes easy like exactly they came to us, Heather. Okay. Oh, hey, I know they did. I saw Tyrone having dinner at Marisi in La Jolla the other night. Everyone I was with was yes. like, get it together. Stop being a fangirl. You, know the man. you met the man. Like, stop acting. Because I'm just like, 
but there he is. So I know, right? With his wife, Sarah, like it's lovely. You know, yes. like you know them, but I don't like. And it's exactly, a, it's an aspiring goal to work with them. But like, I think what's fun is like, okay, so I shared my how I met Celine. We met like. We'll get into, I want to dive into that, Celine. So I want to kind of like, while we're on the hot point of the Monica and I, like the Monica and I met tier two of Sundream, which was in Cabo. And mainly because the first one, which is why Papaya Play is so, like, it's so special to me because they'll never be able to do it there again because they knew mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to. It was a one-time deal because it was so small. It was so intimate. And in order for them to keep having the festival, they knew they were going to grow and they needed a bigger space. And I love that they chose Cabo, the area that they did. It's very beautiful. I can't wait to see if that's where they do it again this year or if they choose a different location. We're going to know soon. Um, I know. But uh, to your point, my mom thinks it's a cult and she's never (laughs) seen me follow music quite to this degree. And I was actually in Cabo a month before with my family. And my mom is like, I can't believe you're going to come back here just to see this artist. And I said, you don't understand (laughs) that. Like, basically I'm just like, look, I don't try to explain it to you. And she's like, are you like a grateful deadhead? Like, is this the model? And I'm like, I mean, equivalently, maybe I said, you know, they don't give me like the sense of religion, but they give me the sense of community. And I feel like in some ways that that's stronger. And she was like, she goes, well, that's interesting. I go, I just look at the people that I have met because of it. And it changed my life year one. And now here I am, May of this past year. And I, it's night, it's day two of festival. Yes. When I meet you guys and her and Peter, these tall, beautiful human beings just <laughs> in front of me, getting it. They are getting it okay and they are in rhythm (laughs) they are at the same speed with each other and I have just been in awe watching them for four sets of like artists and I'm just like I'm gonna need to know these people at some point (laughs) and I'm just like I don't know who they are or where they're from but they are my people and so somehow some way we just like bumped into like the fact of like hey hi well, who are you guys, you know, and, and it just kind of like genuinely flowed like Monica, like, how did it start? I don't even remember. Like, yes, it was just, no, I remember Heather, you were in like your monochromatic, I think it was blue, your hat, your kimono, you know, the whole outfit, all of the jewels, just like radiating this light and this energy. And you were like alone in the crowd. I think it was at Desiree said, actually, yeah, I'm almost positive. Shout, shout out Desiree. She's shout out to Desiree, queen. And like, this music was just like so unreal. And I remember like, you were just like vibrating at like this level in the crowd. And I think Peter was the one who like turned you first and like started talking. He like leaned to me. She's like, she's from San Diego. This is Heather. And then we all started talking and then literally the rest of the weekend like it was the three of us yeah um and we traveled as a pack the rest of the weekend we were and then it was yes inseparable like we literally had just met in the set and I remember um we all had like gone back to like get water just take a break whatever and we're all sitting on that huge like robotic looking like burning man statue thing and it came up like yes and it like had come up like oh so where are you guys where were you guys born and me and peter said st louis and you were like no way i'm from st louis and it was just like in that moment we were like forever bonded because we had like just realized that we all shared like such a similar like start to our story and like look how far we've come um being where we were in that moment in mexico full moon of course well yes was ascending with like two twin flames in my life who understood the path of how important it was that not only where we were in that moment in time of who we were as people and what we had I hate to use the word escaped from, from our, our roots because we don't escape our roots and they're beautiful. And I love, I love that part of me, but we got out of something that wasn't built for us. And 
and to see them. What'd you say? What'd you say, Celine? Escapism. Instead of escapism, I think they're called roots because we grow, we sprout. Yes. 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 Okay. I love that. I'm going to use that and use that as my lead. It's my roots are definitely fair. And I'm glad for that because it makes me a very grounded person in other places, especially living in California. It's nice to have some of that Midwestern um, tone and not lose some of my somewhere else in the aether sphere of what they do here. But um, I, it was so important to me because I'm looking at these two beautiful souls going, Holy cow, like how far they had come already on their soul's journey. And like, they, they were standing here with me and I was just like, this is too important to me. And what's funny is I had another completely rock bottom moment, just moments before I had left for this trip. Um, I had been out to dinner the night before I was supposed to go on a plane with one of my best friends and I was in a car accident. I was hit. I was sideswiped and everyone was okay. It was just cars and collateral damage, but it ended up putting me out until almost like 1230 at night because I was waiting on tow trucks and AAA and all the things. And so my flight's bright and early in the morning. I was super stressed out. I didn't go to bed because now I'm thinking, oh my God, I have all this I have to deal with. Like, what am I going to do? You know, like, and just a lot of things had cracked apart at the same time. And I got on the plane and I still went. And I remember I was laying in bed the very first night in my like Airbnb, just like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. And I was on the phone with a really good friend of mine from St. Louis, who is kind of one of my guardian angels and always has been in life. And he was just like, this is who you are. This is why you're there. Like you are there to go do what you do and do what you love best and connect with the people that are your people, Heather. Like, this is why you're there. Like, get up, go be the queen you are. It's a full moon. Get out there. Like, this is your time. Go rise. Like, do not hide yourself in whatever you're feeling. Like you, you deserve to be where you are. You are exactly where you're supposed to be and go for it. And I'm so glad that I got my ass out. And I got my ass up because the connections and the people, again, it brought me into this next phase of when I came back from that trip, it put me into this passion project, which has led to this. And here we are with the spark. And I call it that because the spark happened on that journey. And that's, you know, so it's super beautiful. And fast forwarding, well, I guess we should say rewind to about five (laughs) months earlier to when I met Celine. And it was over the same topical conversation of Tulum, one <laughs> dream, and Rufus to Soul with two people who had never been to Tulum who were like, You've sold me on everything that's Tulum just by listening to the two of you women talk. And I was like, Beyond that, you should really just follow Rufus to Soul. But it's <laughs> not what it's not really what we said. But you know, that's kind of how it placated out. And then Celine and I just kind of magically connected and learned so much about each other at that point, learned about our mushroom journey, if you will, and the medicinal side to that and how it kind of transpired us from taking a step back from the alcohol that we maybe probably used and was too far in on, you know, Mm -hmm. for too many years. Yeah. And that was kind of how it all started. And all of these little things are all these beautiful little sparks and check marks on this journey for me in the last year that brought me to to this conversation today. And it's so cool because I cannot believe we're sitting here doing this. And it goes to the point of exactly what we're talking about today, that blind faith of letting the universe be us being the magnet and letting the universe bring it all to us. And I love that because on the fool's journey, we just have to remove what we expect for ourselves because something better is coming. Absolutely. And that is what I have learned from meeting you two incredible souls. Like when I am even just on this, like even when we're just like having our meetings and stuff and going around, I get so electrified. Like I could go and run a marathon. I think after I talk to you ladies, like it is crazy. The energy that you two like 
mutually just charge me up with when we're in, you know, like it really, and that there's something in that. And that's why we're doing this, I think, is because we all kind of give that charge to each other and we are here improving each other's lives and supporting that goal that we each have as an entrepreneur to be in whatever pillar that we're chasing, right? And I'm here for it. I'm here to watch you guys just ascend into these amazing women that I admire and inspired and motivated by. And it's so cool. Like, I mean, Celine, your journey into wellness alone has been something that continues to pique my interest. You know? Yeah, and I mean the journey is still is I'm still on it, right? But I can I can speak to it. And thanks <laughs> for passing the baton. I it was 2020, um, you know, in in pandemic beginning, I think it was April or so, um, that I did my like hero dose of psilocybin, and it was guided. Um, <laughs> it was in Toronto, and um, I had met this individual through a contact of mine. Actually, it was a date. My stories are always dates have led me to this. I just love Queen that you are setting the tone for the comp, like societal boundaries of people that pl- place the pressure on it. I love that you are out there intentionally dating and finding your journey that way. And I love that it doesn't hinder you into who you are. In fact, it adds character and another layer each time you go through it. And that's the coolest thing. hundred percent. Like I like get it. So continue. This is great. But honestly, thank you for recognizing that. Cause I think especially in like today's maybe dating landscape and I'll park this one real quick, but I feel like it's this, this conversation that perhaps doesn't have a lot of energy these days. And for me, I'm like, I, I think I'm so confident, and this is probably because of the psilocybin and the journey that I'm on, that I'm just so confident that every person I meet, whether it be date or someone in passing or someone at a party that I've connected with, that there's a reason for it and just to continue progressing in my journey and what's for me will find me and vice versa. So I talk openly about dating because every story has something that I've learned from it or taken from it. Um, but it was a date actually that, that led me to psilocybin and, and, and he was very far down the path and I was just starting to kind of get onto it. And, uh, you know, I was asking him questions about mushrooms and, you know, he's kind of guiding me, but not too much, you know, not too pressuresome or trying to project, but certainly did connect me to this individual in Toronto that was doing guided, um, therapy, um, you know, sessions um, with individuals that were quite serious. And of course he scouted and you have to go through the whole process to see if he actually wants to work with you. And he took me on and you guys are going to love this. I, I didn't really know what to expect. Even the individual that I had gone on this date with didn't tell me a lot about the experience was just like, you know what? Yeah, maybe you should connect and see where it goes for you. But when I got to this, this, the shaman's home is really what it is. Um, I was just like, oh my God, this place is magical. Like, what, what did I step into? Probably. And I remember- <laughs> I'm envisioning it in my head and I can just- Yeah, literally. Like, it's got like the smoke of sage and crystals everywhere. Exactly. Like, I don't know, but I- Exactly. Yeah, exactly. like, I just feel like- Right? And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing and I feel safe here. And, um, you know, it's such a great story because, you know, he had asked me what it was that I wanted to- um, expose what I, what I wanted to go deeper on, what I wanted to reveal. And I remember journaling several days before and doing all the work days before and, and leading up to that conversation. And I remember my first time doing this, what I had said I wanted to explore and what I wanted to get out of that journey was so surface compared to where it will bring you. Um, and that's for anyone that's listening to this, that's maybe kind of thinking like, what does this do? What does it offer? Um, you know, I remember just being like, you know, kind of what, what does, I don't want to say discredit myself and say what, what next week looks like, but it was very shallow. Like what, you know, what does, you know, the next couple of months look like? And, and, you know, something that just didn't really impact my life in long term. And, and I remember the shaman looking at me like, this girl has no idea. <laughs> like, no idea. <laughs> But we're gonna bring her get ready, buckle her up. She's hitting it. Oh man, that's so good, right? Like no. Um, so anyhow, <laughs> I was just 
same. Right? Like, we're going to bring her beyond. And so anyhow, you know, we, we bless and, you know, honor, you know, the medicine, the mother. And off we go. And I have to tell you guys about this experience in terms of the environment in which I did this. And so I get to this beautiful, beautiful, again, safe environment, which was a beautiful space for me to lay down on. And, you know, off we go, you know, I took the medicine and I'm laying down. And what I didn't realize that was going to happen about my personal experience was that the shaman was going to DJ the entire entire time and, no. me and guide me with music um throughout wow. my 13 hour journey and whoa did he take first of all we all know connected to music so i had no idea right. that was going to be my experience right. and it was like it was just sound equipment underneath the bed and i could feel the vibrations and the bass and every note like it was beautiful and the music allowed me to go on my highs and lows and through the journey like he knew what he was doing by taking me on a journey with music so it was beautiful and you know it brought me much much more deeper than what it was I expected it brought me into you know my ancestors it brought me into you know my family background which a lot of that history has been lost and you know understanding my strength as a you know a black female, you know, Caribbean woman and what that really means for me and my family. Um, And to be able to take that strength from my ancestors and bring it into today's, my today being. And that in itself has allowed me to just continue beating my own drum and trusting the journey. Now knowing what it was my ancestors has, has set me up for. The journey, and that was my first experience, and it, the, you know, it goes on and on. But that was definitely a huge part that I had taken away from my first experience with psilocybin, and that was in 2020. Okay. And now today, it's just you know, microdosing. You know, it's it's part of you know my social, um, you know, uh, choice versus alcohol. Um, obviously, smaller dosages, you know, and we can talk about that for listeners who are <laughs> definitely. I was going to say, I would hope that there's smaller doses while it's Scorpio season queen and you're getting ready. (laughs) Or maybe you go a little, little on the air side of the hero dose, but, um, you know, stay safe out there, my friend still, but um, you guys would know this. It's a question. I think a lot of people ask, you know, probably us, you know, for, you know, that Mm -hmm. that do mushrooms is how much I take. And I never respond in terms of quantity. It's something people are going to have to find out on their own. But certainly, just like alcohol, which none of us really partake in that much anymore, uh, Monica, you're down to zero. Um, yeah, Monica's so, coming up on celebration, which is amazing. <laughs> Mushrooms works the exact same way, and I've gotten again. We'll guide our listeners to do the research on their own. But certainly, it's about how much you take for the experience that you want. Um, so when I refer Correct. to you know it now being part of my social, it's obviously a much smaller quantity than what I did you know right. for my therapy session. Um, and that's my choice, right, to do it instead of alcohol. But my journey just in terms of wellness has really, really started with psilocybin, the mushroom. And I'm so grateful. I really do feel like I'm a different person. Absolutely. I agree. I get that. Monica, where that. where was your first real dosing? Like, did you have a shaman experience or did you start, did you test drive into mushrooms with your experience? Yeah. So I've honestly, I've had one guided experience um, with mushrooms and it was with a microdose. It wasn't anything close to a hero dose, but um, yeah, I would, I can definitely speak to my experience with that as well as sort of my only guided experience um, with psilocybin. And it was um, by this amazing woman who's local here in Miami. Her name is Cole Knight. Um, She is a DJ. She is a music producer. She is a sound healer. She is like such a goddess and someone that I like am literally starstruck when I like see her out because she just has like that aura of, you know, she's that girl. She has like that spirituality aspect mixed with the fun the fun going out girl, but she also is sober like me. Um, but anyway, so I went with one of my best guy friends um, who was kind of on his own healing journey as well. 
uh, we decided, you know, we're going to sign up for this three hour sound healing by someone in my eyes is like the local celebrity here. in Miami. Yeah. Um, so we go and there's about 15 people participating. Um, the room is set up like all white, comfortable beds, eye masks. And then um, there's a dose of like you can take either uh, 0.5 or a gram of chocolate mushrooms. They provide it for you. Um, really safe 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 space um and yeah everyone just got comfy um we started with doing breath work which was amazing um the breath work just like calmed down your nervous system kind of got everyone into like that that same elevated vibrational space um and then she started with the singing and the instruments and it was just such a magical experience um it was a lot shorter than celine's it was only a three hour one but i will tell you like this three hours literally flew by when it was concluding i was like how is it over like it literally went by in the snap of fingers so fast um and yeah i think it just gave me a lot of opportunity to kind of work through things that i hadn't thought about in literally years um and it kind of just provided that own safe space in my brain um to like reserve that time and space to really kind of think about it in a more positive environment than i had ever before um and yeah i remember the car ride home from that sound healing me and my friend literally did not speak it was like you're in a trance and they even tell you like be careful driving home from this because you're in such an elevated state of consciousness. Right. Um, you know, you're super sensitive to lights and you're super sensitive to any sounds that are happening outside of the room. So it was yeah. a really interesting, interesting experience. Um, and yeah, she does them monthly. So if you guys ever come to Miami, hopefully we can catch another one I because like it was look. so amazing. Let's, yeah. I want to look then. Yeah. Out for when I'm there. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. I really loved, but that's so cool. Um, my mushroom journey has been an interesting escapade because it really went into finding my high priestess and um, connecting with that spiritual side of myself and my alignment and my soul's purpose, which we all kind of, I think, find in that endeavor, depending on how far through the depth you go, even if it's not a shaman journey. And like to Celine's point, um, you know, mushrooms are my my jam of choice when going out over drinking um, or smoking weed. I, I'm the California sober-esque, you know, like every now and then I get that glass of wine, but predominantly it's, this is me having, like I, that's more rare than anything. That's like a blue moon. And for me, I always say start small because you can step into mushrooms on the right way and you're going nine out of 10 times as long as you're in a safe space. I, I always recommend trying it in a safe space first because you never know what your sensories are going to do. And since they're so elevated and heightened, it's always one of those things where it's like, you might not want to be in the middle of a crowd at a bar. Yep. You're on mushrooms yeah. the first time because 100%. you're going to be so much more aware of everything around you that it could spook you. And not to say that it's a bad thing, but it could get you in your head because you're seeing things that you normally, especially when you're in those types of environments, either usually partaking in drinking and doing other things. So you're kind of numb to what's around you versus now you're completely heightened to what's around you. So I do take that with cautionary tale when I tell people before they dive into the mushroom journey is like, you know, then there's the risk takers who are like me who go full force into it in other areas. But like, even for mushrooms, I had never done mushrooms. I had, I was barely even a weed smoker at the time when I went on my shaman's journey. I didn't know what to expect. I just knew I was going to be doing some different things. And I knew it was going to put me in a different place with my, my mind, my consciousness and my subconsciousness and my higher self. And that's when I was like, okay, I can tell you my story. I think I'd like to save for further down our line because it really brings us into that spiritual chapter. And I want to hold on to that for when we really evolve into her. But my mushroom journey started out similar, but very different to Celine's. In fact, it scared me at first because of how open it created my channel. 
And when we say things are loud, like, wow. Um, it was, it was the noisiest thing I had ever done. And there was no DJ, there was no music. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's how it was interesting for me. And when I later continued down this path into my spirituality and my journey, mushrooms have been a highlight to that, but also mushrooms are a big part and a big piece of what I find passion in, into my purpose because of the wellness side of it. Um, it's a safer space than alcohol. Usually, um, nine out of 10 times, I feel like when done the right way, they are the safest space and they are connectivity, um, much to the music and vibration. They are to the vibration of the human energy into the soul. So I, I prefer it. And I am a, I'm a rare breed. I can take a big chunk of mushrooms and go out and have a grand time. And, um, but I also have a very good, even keeled to controlling that, right? Like, I don't care if I live in reality when I'm out, right? Like, I am just like, woo, let's go. Like, I can't wait to see what the world has in store for me while I'm in this heightened, elevated state. So I kind of, I love to put the glasses on and go, okay, let's go and go on this adventure because I know it's going to be, and I know I'm going to have this magical journey and I know it's going to lead me connected to somewhere. So I take pride in that. And I do that a lot as an entrepreneur. I mean, we have so many different channels that we work in. You know, Celine, you have so many different platforms you're working in right now. Monica, you have your daytime and your nighttime lives and, you know, the duality of that and how you're pressing forward as an entrepreneur there. And the same with me. I have my daytime, you know, main main job here and this passion project and these sidebars that normally keep me going. And I find that microdosing or doing just a smidgen beyond the microdose really tops into my creative, gets me focused into where I'm going. I mean, my God, I feel like the first time I took a small piece of mushroom just to sit down to start planning this thing, it cracked it wide open as far as where I was going with this passion project. And I was like, whoa, here it is. And I feel like a lot of people find that and that's why they seek it out. It also takes away um, a lot of the addiction elements that some of the other stuff brings upon us. Like, it has kind of soured my taste for alcohol. When I'm on mushrooms, I have zero desire, Same. period. And I've done the microdosing treatment. Like I work with mushroom farmers out of Oregon and I work with people in the medicine, medicinal scope of this because we're working, you know, to create an environment that um, allows this. And I have found, I've done like, there's a point where, you know, you take them and it's not always to trip if you will, right? Like the goal isn't to go on a trip every time. The goal is to get yourself in center alignment with like your consciousness and awareness. And when you can do that, everything seems to be like the energy resources that your body naturally comes up with and its cravings change. And I think that's the coolest part of what I've found in mushrooms thus far on this journey is like, I don't crave alcohol. I barely drink it. You guys mostly see one of these in my hand, rocking and yes. all the time. And everyone kind of just knows that part of me. And I'm really glad because I think about what hindered my growth as an entrepreneur. And it was all those mornings trying to get, at, because you have to be a self-starter. When you're your own boss, you're your self-starter. And so when you're hungover in bed or you've done damage throughout the weekend and now it's Monday, um, it almost takes you a full day's recovery where I don't know about you guys, but I've never had to recover from mushrooms. Like, nope. Not even on my shaman journey, like the first time that was huge, did I have to recover from mushrooms. I felt more alive than I had ever felt in my entire life. It was like my my soul not only woke up, but she was like, let's go. And every part of you is going with us. And that's just how it's felt. Have you guys felt yep. in this journey, I guess, as entrepreneurs, what do you think has hindered you from your successes now that we're kind of on that topic? Like, where do you think you find limitation besides like the alcohol burdens and things like that? Have you run into that outside of what you're trying to do? First thing that comes that for me is, is negative people. <laughs> I don't know. Like it is. Like, I think the, the, the mushroom journey has brought me closer into what my alignment and that, and that really revolves around people. You two 
being an example of that, right? And so when I'm working with individuals who aren't as spiritually connected, who aren't on the mushroom journey, uh, the list goes on. That could be not conflict, but it could be challenging. And of course, I just got to figure out how to how to navigate that. But I feel like my biggest my biggest area of challenge right now is being so much more open and being so much more aligned with what it is I want to do and where I want to surround myself socially. That mm-hmm. it's really changing the landscape when it comes to people, and it is causing a bit of a an issue. And I just got to navigate it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough path to navigate, right? Monica, what about you? What do you find has been some of the roadblocks in the journey from transitioning to this entrepreneur and this like these roles that you're creating? A hundred percent. So I would say really similar to Celine. Um, you know, now that I've overcome that step of, you know, almost self-sabotage when I would drink alcohol and just like totally hinder and limit, you know, the hours that I would have in a week. Um, I would say like sort of the next thing that I'm still working through. And I know I will continue to have to work through and my entire career journey is, again, just kind of finding that way to rise above negative people. Um, I know I haven't really mentioned it yet. But um, I by day am in tech in tech here in Miami. And by night, I'm doing event production, DJ management. Um, That being said, I have a lot of touch points with a lot of different people and a lot of different groups of people in the industry day after day. And um, yeah, I would say just figuring out how to navigate through those people who are there and, you know, not trying to lower my vibration personally, but just vibrate at a lower level than I am and my team is and just figuring out how to best navigate with that person, you know, how, how long can you work with that person or that organization till it's something where you have to make that decision to part ways, um, regardless of, you know, what the financial agreement is or what that looks like. Um, because, you know, there are so many other opportunities out there um, to continue to continue working with and add to your team. So, um, so yeah, I would say, you know, just kind of navigating that landscape. Um, and luckily, I feel like in most cases, it's one of those things where um, when you are outputting that positive vibration and vibrating on that high level, naturally, people like that are drawn to you. But in some cases, you know, it's human nature, you are going to face those people who are trying to put a little bit of a damper on your day or um, are a little bit of a burden to work with. Um, It's just how the industry goes. So yeah, I think just continuing to stay positive and navigate around those people and those roadblocks um, would be kind of one of those things that's, that's one of the struggles as being an entrepreneur and specifically a female entrepreneur, because I will say uh, a lot of times these people Actually, most of the time, these people are men. So, um, so yeah, that uh, would definitely be somewhere I have a lot of alignment with you, Celine. Yeah, well, I can tell you from someone who worked for a, one of the larger corporate Fortune 500 companies, um, which was 99% men, and before I went out on my own, it's honestly ironic that we're kind of sidestepping into this because I had a really um, heartbreaking upset that really kind of shook my my core yesterday. Um, an old situation from a past, but it just goes to show how men revere women. And um, the big reason why I left was because I saw a need for what I was creating in the marketing space. And so I do, you know, digital marketing, social media on a smaller scale, more boutique to supplement like some of the smaller guys. And I was head of marketing at the time. And I've done decent with my life as a female entrepreneur. And you are right, you deal with men. And most often, more than not, um, I've been fortunate in the last few years that a lot of my businesses I'm working with are more female driven, because I'm in the health, wellness and beauty sector now. And I'm very focused into that niche. So it makes it a lot easier. Um, however, it's not always the case, but it's come upon me very recently. And I've had this throughout my life that men can't get over the fact of what I've achieved. They think that I had to have slept my way somewhere to do it. And 
it really shook me sideways yesterday because someone reached out to me. It's a very interesting situation. It was a deal from the past and they were just kind of saying like, hey, so-and-so who I know who knows you was like, oh yeah, well that girl just sleeps with guys so she can go on trips and travel the world and do this thing. And I was like, it hit me sideways. Like, how is this my image still to this day? Like as someone who has worked her ass off for the last almost 10, 11, 12 now years of being my own entrepreneur, my own self-made person, who am I sleeping with to get to the top is like where I'm like, how is this a thing? And everyone around me was like, first off, screw, screw that ideology. And I'm like, yeah, but it does strike a chord with me because we work so hard to establish respect as an entrepreneur, as a female entrepreneur. And it's hard to command over and over and over again. You get there. We attract all type of energy because we are magnets and high vibration. It attracts high energy and it attracts low energy because it's a light for them and they don't always have that. And right. so I know that negativity comes from that. I know that envy and jealousy and things like that come from that. But it just struck me so sideways as I was like, you know, I know what an OnlyFans girl looks like. Okay. And I know the difference between me and them. No disrespect to them in their craft because whatever they're doing, that's their choice. But I've worked so hard to not be confined by the constraints of, oh, I must have gotten there because I slept with a man to do it. Mm -hmm. And it really upset me and broke my soul for, a, it kind of took me out of pocket all day yesterday because it really just rattled me. Like, oh, this is how is this happening? This happened recently. What? Wow. This happened yesterday. Yesterday wow. I was told that, oh, you're just a girl who sleeps with guys to go on trips. And I was like, well, if I'm sleeping with a guy to go on trips, when you look at the person I'm on trips with, I'm sure that gay man would be <laughs> to know that I'm sleeping my way to get there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just sitting here like I have worked so hard and I take all these magical trips by myself most of the time. And it's very rare and few and far between that. I've ever even had a boyfriend or a guy of interest on them with me. It's usually myself, my girlfriends or my gay friends. And so to that point, it's very upsetting. I'm not someone who flexes bags or things like that. And I'm like, I'm just not really sure how that's perceived that I'm that girl, but um, I'm just going to let it roll off my shoulders because I know who the fuck I am. And that was kind of what it came down to was like, Period. You know, like I know who the fuck I am and I'm sorry that that's someone's opinion of me, but good for them. If that's how they think that I'm having this life, they're just envious of the life that I have. And that's, that's fine. That's and, totally you know, and I'm like, I'm just going to have to take it like that and say, this isn't, this isn't about me. This is someone's weird skewed perception that a woman can't do it for herself. And I just want to yep. out there to know you absolutely can. And you absolutely can put every step of your dreams into motion because every one of these trips, I have met some magical people on who continue to show me that not only can I do it, but there's, there's community in doing it and that we're doing something right to be here. And so I think it's really important to know that and to note that as I think some women start off fearful to break out of the mold because there is some comfort in that nine to five and protection of it. And when you're out here doing it for yourself, you are left wide open. Yeah. And I think that that's something, you know, we can always talk about further down the line. And I'm sure we will, because as a collective of women with big, big dreams, big goals and big achievements that we've already crossed off of our list, I think it's important yep. that we continue to nurture that and highlight like, hey, you're going to run into these things. You're going to run into yeah. um, very interesting, skewed opinions of how women achieve things, even though that couldn't be further from the truth. And that's, you know, don't let it shake you. Don't let it break you. And that's that's the motto right there is like, I'm don't trying. let something that lasts for five seconds break you. Because I know the, the people around me and the people who actually know who I am, they they would revolt if they heard what was said in the whole situation of this. And they did. They're just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, like, I'm sorry you had to experience that. I, and I'm sorry that someone out there is just naive enough to think that that's the only way. And that I feel sorry for them, to be fully honest. So, Heather, so. I, want to, I want to tap in because 
first of all, I think I needed to hear that story because Monica, I don't know if that resonated for you as well. I mean, these things happen totally at least to me on a regular basis. I can only imagine our listeners and them just being like, oh God, I thought it was just me or how to navigate it. I think, yep. you know, we've, we've talked about, I mean, perhaps we need to go deeper at some point about how the three of us got here individually and it's about sure. risk taking and taking chances and all the things to get where we are. And we're going to continue to do that with risk comes, comes reward. And with risk also comes failure. And that's what all of our conversations are about. A lot of people yes. don't want to take the risk, right? They get really comfortable and that's cool. But the fact that you've taken a risk to get where you are, um, you know, is, is very telling. And again, majority of the people may not want to do that. So you've gotten where you are because you're doing the work to get where you are. And what might come is a lot of jealousy that you're somewhere, especially, and I hate to say it, I want to say everyone that's not doing the work might be jealous in that, but certainly I do think that, you know, some, some men could show up and, and, and potentially be a little bit on the jealousy side that you've been able to achieve uh, great depths that perhaps they haven't been able to achieve yet. Um, and that's where it comes right. from. So I think, you know, what resonated for me was, oh my gosh, thanks Heather for sharing as well as also yep. just really being aware that jealousy does exist and how to navigate it. Um, especially if you are working hard to get where you are, how do you navigate those, co- those, those comments that just strip away all the work that you've done. And it does, it, it takes your breath away for a minute. It knocks you out a little bit, you know, and I'm no stranger to having this conversation. In fact, the very first human I ever fired when I worked at Siemens was um, a gentleman underneath me. And he was mad because I was, I, he had done something. I called him into my office and we were going over something. And, you know, he's like the only reason, like, and he says this in front of like the entire staff doors open, like there, you know, there's cubicles all across the floor and I'm in my office and the door, he's standing in the doorway. And he's like, the only reason why you, the difference between I'm sitting out here and you're sitting in here is because you fucked the boss to be here. And I was like, wow. You know, and so it starts there and you're like, okay, you're an idiot first and foremost. Um, But the fact that it's so easy for men to just throw it out that like, oh, well, she just probably slept with someone to get there. I wish that that was the case. (laughs) You know what? If it was that easy, believe me, I don't think I would have gone through the last 20 something years of my life um, learning so many hard lessons to be here today. And, you know, fuck, fuck it. Like I, I have dealt with that on so many scales throughout the entire dose of my life of, well, she, she must be doing this to get this. And it's like, no, do you know what she's doing? She's fucking staying in her lane. She's focusing on what she wants. She's not listening to idiots that have opinions like that, because that is the first thing that will take you off the roadmap to where you're going. And I used to hide. I used to hide and cower in that. And I let people do that to me when I was in my, we'll call it late twenties. That's where I didn't, I didn't have this full drive and confidence to withstand things like that. They would penetrate me and break me to my core. And it would make me fearful of everything around me and everyone around me. And everyone must think this. Well, if he thinks that I slept my way to the top, well, then everyone must think that, right? Because that's, that's how you feel when it first hits you. And you have to get past that. And if you can get past that, then you are a hundred percent further than most of your peers and your colleagues and your friends that are all trying to do this because it's not just comments like that. You're going to deal with all kinds of things like, Oh, you know, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it this way. So many different things come at you spears and arrows because people are no matter where you are on the journey, no matter how far ahead, no matter how successful you are. I, I love Taylor Swift. I'm not a Swifty by any stretch of the imagination, but she has like this great thing. Like, where she's out there saying like, I know every single thing that people say about me. And I'm finally at a place where I don't fucking care, you know? And when you think about that, like that's the mentality you almost have to have. And 
you know, no, we're not Taylor Swift dominating the world and dating my Travis Kelsey, but we are, <laughs> we are in the same limelight every single day in our own small little worlds and our own little small communities, battling different adversaries and different commentary and perspectives. And someone's perspective is that way because they were raised differently than us. And whatever happened to them on their journey has them where they are, but don't let it stop you on yours. That's, that's my mantra for this. That's the tea. That's the tea ladies. So yeah. I love it. Well, I think this was a good roadmap to talking about lots of challenges and different things that we've mapped out to becoming the fool in our own soul's journey and how we take these blind leaps into our wellness, into our spirituality and into fulfilling these goals and dreams that we have. And I'm so proud of each of you for joining and sharing your openness and your story with us today. So thank you. Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap it up? All right. Well, happy birthday to our Scorpio queen. We we'll see you on the other side. Bye guys. Until next time. As we conclude our journey on the episode of The Spark, we extend our deepest gratitude to each of you, whether you're just joining us on this voyage or for those of you who have been a part of the adventure since day one. Thank you for entering our sacred space. To stay connected with us, please follow along on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, as well as Spotify, Apple Music, and SoundCloud, The Spark Podcast 333. We want to hear from you, so please share your stories, insights, and reflections from all the lessons we share and some of your own personal journeys. Together, let's keep the spark of curiosity and creativity alive with our collective journeys. So until we meet again, may your days be filled with moments of awe, wonder, and inspiration. Carry with you the essence of love, light, and life as you navigate your own path. With boundless gratitude and infinite possibility, we're your guides at the spark. Heather Hellman, Monica Burns, and Celine Brathwaite. Thank you for joining us.